This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Our goal at Everyday Tech is to keep your technology not only working, but working for you. I'm the host, Abram Nanny, and you can join me and my friends Wednesday mornings at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Or search Everyday Tech on your favorite podcasting app or download the MPB Public Media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor and the ones who like to stir the pot. Good morning, I'm Java Chapman here with two of my nearest and dearest, Carol Palmer and Joe Sherman. And today we will be your guides to Mississippi's vast and unique culinary landscape. Now the countdown continues to the biggest and most involved meal of the year. I'm talking about Thanksgiving. Now do you have your turkey or even going to serve turkey this year? Today, we will continue Turkey Talk, talking about the many ways to prepare this traditional bird and what you can serve in its place if you want to switch things up. Yes, yes, yes. The countdown continues. This is Deep South Dining, and we are still talking turkey time. Uh, Shout out to Adam Sandler for that funny rendition of the Thanksgiving song. <laughs> Java, you're killing us already. I, I mean, hey, it's, you know. When you're DJ Java, what can you do but pull right. out a turkey song? You never song. know what he's going to come up with. I know. It's, it's out there. It's available. I may play it. Who knows? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> How good. y'all doing this morning, Carolyn Joe? We are doing great. It is so wonderful to have Joe here. He came prepared. Uh, you know, we call him the, the Lebanese Flash, and he came in <laughs> A Lebanese apron, so we can read all the words of Lebanese food. I'm reading right, a, right across, yeah, right across his midriff. We have hummus and tabbouleh at the top. Got a little baklava, and if if he stands up, you can see the kibbe. <laughs> yeah, he's got everything we know how to eat on here, and then some. So, you know. Well, yeah, man. Uh, uh, Always, Joe, thank you for being here. Malcolm is out. I think, is he back home in Boonville giving a talk this morning? He is indeed. Yes. Yes. Always, you know, doing some fancy things. Malcolm's on the road giving giving talks. (laughs) As we always say, uh, he's on assignment. (laughs) If anybody's out of the studio, they're on assignment. They're on assignment. So uh, what what have y'all been up to? You know, Thanksgiving is just a couple weeks away. Things are moving, moving right along. Well, as I have 30 people coming and 20 people staying with me, I have been on the countdown. And I want our listeners to know what the the official countdown is this week. I think, what are we, 10 days away? 10 days out. 10 10 days out, and uh, it's time to do what I'm doing today and clean your stove. That sounds like fun. Freeze your stock. There you go. Freeze your cornbread if you're making dressing. Next make your week. homemade mayonnaise if you're making it, which we, my wife is. Mary Pryor is. I can't make oh, it. Oh, she, she makes, can make, she it's makes delicious. A good, good uh, homemade mayonnaise. So that's what I'm doing. How about you, Java? Oh, well, you know, I'll just prepare myself. That's all I have to do. <laughs> Get ready to show up on uh, Thanksgiving Thanksgiving uh, Day. But I know one thing that I have done, and it's, it's, it's right on time. I bought an air fryer yesterday. Just wow. yesterday. Okay, a countertop air fryer, one that stands up on the ground like a grill. 
No, it's a countertop. Okay. Yeah, right. cause, because also it's a countertop oven. That's what was like on the box, but it's an air fryer. And I saw on, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but some people are going to be air frying turkeys for right. Thanksgiving. Exactly. We that is been, wild. Joe and I have been talking about this for a week, and we're going, how do you do that? I know. <laughs> but Joe looked it up, and he knows now. I know. It takes a little time. <laughs> I believe it, because, come on now, you're going to air fry a whole turkey? I, I, yeah, I think, well, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll yeah, get sure, to it. Sure. But, yeah, I bought an air fryer yesterday. I'm ready to get on my air fryer journey and see um, see what I'll, we can do. Uh, Crystal and I ate some salmon um, last night from the air fryer, and I got kudos on it. So, you know, point for me. All right, good for you. <laughs> yeah, the, the air fryer. Joe, you've been a part of Java's culinary journey. Well, I'm here. glad. <laughs> you know, he he came from putting frozen pizzas in the oven for his kid. Now he's a cook. Now you're a, sh- now you're a home chef. No, I, I, I am. I a love home that. Chef. That's great. I have some things the in thing my about toolbox. air fryers. Battered product, just okay. You know, you try to do onion rings or fried okra, you're not so sure what you're going to get. But, you know, a protein like you did, they're they're pretty good. Okay, Yeah. And then the one I got, it said it can do a pizza. And um, it's we used to have one of the circular ones where it's like a basket and you put it in. Right. But now this one is more of an oven style. Do you have French doors? Is that French doors? uh, Just a pull down door. Just a pull down. Uh Yeah. But it it has multiple levels. So you can do something at the top or put some in the middle, depending on what you're cooking. It gave it gave a little instruction book. So, well, I'm really wow, proud you of out. you because you and Malcolm and I have been talking about this now for about 18 months about yeah. air fryers and I volunteered to get the air fryer last year and I went to Walmart and they had 20 models and I got scared <laughs> and just couldn't you know couldn't deal with it so I'm excited and I look forward to the air fryer journey um, Java I know you have probably been on cooking and coping this week So you won't be surprised at this, but in preparation for (laughs) Joe's appearance, I posted something about Joe coming on the show and got many, many comments. Um, One of them was from Pippa Perry Jackson, who says that she worked for Joe in her first job, and her comment was Joe gets better looking every year. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, nothing wrong with that. Now. I know. And so we had many comments uh, about Joe being on the show, and uh, people talked about what they were going to do for their turkey, and we'll get to that later. But the funny thing was Joe and I were talking, and I asked him, I said, are you going to have a Lebanese dish on your table? And he said said he was. I said, well, why don't you find out from, like, some of your family members who are Lebanese what they do for Thanksgiving? <laughs> and it turned into, well, Joe, why don't you do a post and see if there are any Lebanese people out there? And let's see what they're doing, if they have a Thanksgiving dish. And uh-oh. <laughs> it was – it. Uh it opened up the Lebanese floodgates, which was quite quite interesting. Uh, we got a lot of comments from a lot of people from all over. And Joe's post I looked this morning has like one point four thousand views. How about that? You struck, know, a, you struck this, a nerve. I'm, I'm now a food this, influencer. I know. I get, <laughs> How about that? They're just they're just a lot of Lebanese. And well, what did what did you tell me on Saturday when we talked? I said. 
I said they're gonna probably think that we're we're broadcasting from Beirut, but, <laughs> but I, we're really not. We're still in Jackson, although there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot there's a large Lebanese contingency seriously in in, in Mississippi, especially in the Mississippi Delta. Uh, I laugh. I said we used to be Syrian until Danny Thomas came on board. Then we all decided we'd be Lebanese. So <laughs> that's kind of it's kind of a joke among me and my friends. And, so uh, what did uh, what, what what did they say was they're going to be having on the table? Well, they're going to have the signature dish that's on every Lebanese table is kibbe. It's either they'll probably have it raw and have it baked. Some will. F- save the leftover raw and fry it, which is phenomenal. Would you please explain to some of the non-Lebanese exactly what kibbe is? Kibbe is uh, eye round, fat trimmed off, ground twice, mixed with uh, pulverized one onion with a cup of uh, uh, bulgur wheat soaked in cold water, salt and pepper, mix it up, you eat it raw or fried or baked. Now, in I grew up, we only had um, we only put salt and pepper in it. But there are people uh, in our neck of the woods that put cinnamon, cumin, nutmeg, and we just didn't grow up that way. I always told my mother, I want cinnamon in my dessert, not in my protein. So uh, <laughs> we, uh, but but there's a Aladdin sells a spice. It's kind of like a Chinese five spice, but it's a seven spice for kibbe, and it's it's pretty good. But I just not something that I, I go for. But they will be doing kibbe. They'll be doing jadara, which is lentils and rice. They'll be doing grape leaves, which is you know uh, either with lamb. In Lebanon, they could not raise cattle because of the terrain, so all, that's why all their food is based around lamb. All their meats, so uh, cabbage rolls and. We call it bitlewe, uh, but it's really baklava. It's uh, it's the, that's the dessert. That's the dessert of choice. But some of these, you know, tabbouleh. We had one uh, somebody that posted. Yeah, somebody named Hannah Rickard. We couldn't really tell where she was from. She was doing pomegranate in her tabbouleh, which I and think she, sounds yeah, great. Yeah, she said you they know? paired it. Her family paired that with. With turkey, yeah. So I think it's really, you know, it's, that's a that's a great idea. I'd like to try that myself. So and in, and in the baked kibbe, a lot of people will put roasted pine nuts in, inside of it, which gives it a little bit more texture. My uncle, my mother had uh, five sisters and a, six sisters and a brother, and. Whenever my bro- my uncle would come to town, you didn't have to know it. You just knew that my grandmother put pine nuts in the kibbe and made a cake with chocolate ice, and Uncle Emmett was coming to town. So that's what you need. <laughs> Those indicators. I love it. I love right. it. I saw that several people have baba ganoush. Baba ganoush. Am I saying that correct? Right. That's how I say it. That's, just, uh-huh. that's how you say it. It's eggplant, roasted eggplant, and tahini uh, mixed. And there's a, I, I've never made it, but it's pretty simple. Uh, you know, so, I've had it at restaurants. It is, it is so it is, delicious. It, it is delicious. It is if delicious. you like eggplant, you'll love baba ganoush. It's wonderful. So Yeah. You know. uh, but this this call for Lebanese foodways brought out uh, every name that I know. I was going to – I made a list oh, of, the, of the Abides, the Shamoons, the Salomes, the Noras, <laughs> Zinni, Rahim. That's, that's, a, that's a, Meridi- a Laurel. That's Laurel. Laurel. That's Laurel. Laurel. Uh-huh. Abraham's, uh-huh. Maloof's, and 
Java, one of the things that really hit me is how many women are so proud of their Lebanese heritage that they, you know, they may have married a non-Lebanese person, but they use their Lebanese family name. It might be like Mary Shamoon Smith. But I, that <laughs> yeah, really, so it really spoke to me. So the first, the first, uh, the first recorded history of a Lebanese uh, coming to Mississippi was in 1884. And he came through the port in New Orleans, and when he uh, disembarked, he didn't know a soul. So he said, I've got to find another Lebanese person that's in this area, being in Louisiana. And he came off the, the ship yelling out, Kibbe, 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 till somebody <laughs> raised a hand knew what he was talking about. This guy, uh, I can't remember his name, uh, gave him uh, enough product so he could become a peddler in Louisiana, then he eventually moved to Hermansville, Mississippi. I think that's where he moved. So he was kind of the first. But all the Lebanese people started off as peddlers. My grandfather sold watches, and he had five, he had six sons and a daughter. And the kid said, Papa, Papa, why are you pulling that wagon? Why don't you get a horse? He looked at him and said, who's going to eat? Y'all are the horse. <laughs> so, so, anyway. I love that story. Like you just, with with the food, I mean, you just hop off the boat and you're just like, uh, Kibby, Kibby. Right. If, you know, that, you, if you know what I'm talking about, I know you know me and I know you. That's exactly right. That <laughs> yeah, was the common, thought, the common yeah. uh, word. So it's kind of interesting. You know. Well, we had uh, so much interest in this and we learned, Java, that there's a, a big event in Vicksburg in February that a lot of people referred to, not just for Vicksburg, but all over uh, a Lebanese dinner and I think that would be a great future for us to dive into. Yeah, for us to to dive into the, you know, this is our state and our people, and it's you know a part of our heritage that, in certain parts of the state, they really they really don't don't know about. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, anyway, uh, I grew up in a Lebanese subculture. There must have been fifty Lebanese within. You know, three blocks of my house. So Steve Azar being one, lived across the street from me. And that's cool because I like how even with this um, traditional American um, holiday, like Thanksgiving, everybody's able to incorporate their own culture and, um, and reality into it. Like, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, it's wonderful. Well, I look forward to, to playing uh playing some of the interview that we were able to do with Francis Lamb, who is is the voice of Splendid Table. And we'll mm-hmm. be playing a little bit today, and then I think next week we're doing more. But Francis is Chinese, and it was really interesting to hear about growing up in Chinatown, going to school, and all the American kids were, you know, talking about Thanksgiving, and he would come <laughs> home to his mother and she and, would say, "Who wants a turkey?" <laughs> yeah, because he told you, he did tell that story. We'll we'll get into that um that interview a little bit when we come back. Just a preview because we are going to play the full thing ahead of Splendid Tables annual live Thanksgiving call-in show, Turkey Confidential, which will be airing on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. So stay tuned. We have much more. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is Deep South Dining. I'm Java Chapman. Filling in for Malcolm White here with two of my nearest and dearest, Joe Sherman, Carol Palmer. And if you don't know, Turkey Confidential is coming back. Yes, Splendid Tables, annual live Thanksgiving call-in show. It's becoming a real Thanksgiving tradition, and it's going to be airing here on MPB 
Think Radio, 9 a.m. on Thanksgiving morning. You can join host Francis Lamb as he take calls and comes to the rescue of Thanksgiving cooks, kitchen helpers, and dinner guests alike on the biggest cooking day of the year. And actually, we have a conversation that Malcolm and Carol were able to have with Francis. We're going to get into a little bit of it this morning. And um, here you go. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Turkey Confidential. Now, how many years yeah. has this been going on, Francis? Yeah, that's a really good question. I wish I knew the answer to it. <laughs> so explain <laughs> to I, our I, listeners, I, what is Turkey Confidential? Yeah, absolutely. This is our annual Thanksgiving Day broadcast. It is at least 15 years old, if not 20 or maybe even more. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't I, – again, like I should have done my, my, uh, my homework – um, I have hosted it now. I think this will be my seventh year. And this is our Thanksgiving Day broadcast where um, folks call, you know, Thanksgiving Day is a day of merriment. It's a day of gathering. It's a day of celebration. But for the folks who are in the kitchen that day, it is either your Super Bowl or your, you know, oh my goodness, what am I doing here? Today? <laughs> <laughs> so we, the other show was conceived as a, hey, call us up. Ask us what's going on, or we'll ask you what's going on. If you have something we can help with, we'll help you with it. Um, so we have, over the course of history, had conversations like, I've got 25 people coming in. I have a 20-pound turkey. It is still frozen solid. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> right. And, you know, usually the answer there is uh, see what the what the other folks are bringing to dinner. But, uh, <laughs> but we have yeah, had all kinds Go next of, door uh, and knock on the door. Yeah. <laughs> well, Francis, I have to stop you there because you're making it sound like Turkey Confidential is the Butterball Hotline. <laughs> and you know, it, it is not – it is – for me, it is one of – they're some of the most intelligent – the deepest questions about Thanksgiving. I'm one of the ones who would worry about the frozen, frozen turkey. But <laughs> some of your your listeners, I mean, they're going deep. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what we love about it. Thank you for saying. I mean, the, you know, the structure is a little bit like a holy cow, help me out kind of hotline. But the reality is, you know, most people have a good time. Mm-hmm. And and we get to have conversations about, you know, certainly what you're making or what you're going to make or, or, or maybe for next year if I want to be inspired with some new ideas, new dishes I haven't thought of. But a lot of times it is just a great opportunity to, to get into the homes of real people, regular people, and and see how they're celebrating, you know. That, and that's at the core of our show, both Turkey Confidential and Splendid Table in general. Yeah, we talk about food a lot. We talk about cooking a lot. Obviously, that's part. You know, that's the that's the that's what the it's the the table is is named after that. But you know, what really matters goes beyond how it tastes. You know, is it a perfect medium rare or not? What really matters is the culture behind it, the family behind, the community behind it, the thought behind it. Um, and we love to get into the, all those things. Well, tell our listeners about the format of the show and about the use of the chefs. Yeah, sure. So for many years, our original host, Lynn Rosetto Casper, who founded The Splendid Table, um, you know, she is so great at taking on any cooking conundrum. She it was a it was a one lady show. So she would get on there, folks would call in live, and she would just handle everything. <laughs> when I started hosting the show, like I said, about seven years ago, I you know, to be completely honest, I didn't have the confidence I could do that the way that she did. So we got the idea, well, why don't we get me some help? And that's become a, a wonderful tradition on its own where 
I always do it with guests. Sometimes they're chefs, sometimes they're cookbook authors, sometimes they're just great cooks. And we'll and we'll take on those questions together. So it's a, it's a great opportunity to have lots of different kinds of conversations. This year we have a really beloved cookbook author and blogger. I call her the human ray of sunshine, Jocelyn Delk Adams. <laughs> we have Chef Kristen Kish, who um, was a winner of the show Top Chef uh, a number of seasons ago, and was this year named as the new hosts uh, of of that show. We have a dear friend of mine named Abra Behrens, who is a chef, a former farmer, and also a beloved cook author. She's amazing. And we have a terrific cook named Dan Pelosi, who's a, a bit of an internet celebrity. He has uh, social media accounts. He calls Grossi Pelosi. And he's, I love this, he calls himself an Italian meatball making meatballs. <laughs> so we have those, those four folks helping me out answering questions, and we have a blast doing it. Now, that was just a piece of the interview between Malcolm, Carol, and the host of The Splendid Table and their Thanksgiving show, Turkey Confidential, Francis Lamb. To hear that entire um, uh, interview, you can tune in on next week or subscribe to the podcast um, wherever you get your audio. Carol. That was a great time y'all had recording that interview. We did. uh, Yeah, Francis Lamb is a treasure. And... I am so excited about Turkey Confidential, and for me, Turkey Confidential is akin to the. It's for cooks. It's our Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade. I was just going to say that it is so traditional to tune in on Thanksgiving. That's the beauty of it too. To tune in on Thanksgiving Day to Turkey Confidential, it's a it's it's a it's a tradition. It's a tradition. Yeah, well, uh, thanks for lining that interview up for us. It was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, now I will say you you mentioned it into the uh, in the interview that it kind of started off maybe when it first started, kind of like the Butterball Hotline, like Turkey Day Disaster, Help Me, you know. <laughs> and I know, um, the, Joe, did you actually call? The Butterball Hotline? Well, I actually called, but I was up so early, they weren't open yet. But I did chat with them. I did a chat, and I asked them how, how large a turkey I needed. And they asked me how many adults I had, how many children I had. Not personally, but how many children I had for dinner. Then they asked me, uh, were they heavy eaters? Did they like dark meat as well as white meat? I mean, I felt like I was going for a job interview. But anyway, so after I got all the information, they said, you need a 15-pound turkey. And then I said, well, cooking time, how are you going to cook it? We went through that, and they said, well, you figure about 20 minutes per pound. 20 minutes per pound. I said, okay, about 20 minutes per pound. And then she came back and said, I think it was a she, is it frozen? I said, well, it will be. I said, what about thawing it out? 24 hours for every four to five pounds. So, okay. What about the doneness of it? They said, well, she said, they tell you 165 on the breast and 170 on the thigh, but if you let the thigh go to 170, you could sole your shoes with the breast. So <laughs> the best thing to do is take it out at 165, and then it'll continue let it to rest. let it rest, yeah. and it'll continue to get to the right temperature. But that's, you know, I think the FDA or whoever they are uh, says 175, but don't do it. You, yeah. you, won't, you, won't, you won't have but two thighs and two legs to feed 12 people. <laughs> that's okay, all so you tell have. us what they said about how much per person. Uh, one and a half pounds one and a half pounds per person if it's a whole turkey and eight ounces if it's a turkey breast. Okay. Yeah, one and a half pounds seems like 
a lot. Well, but I know you've got bones and right. I and, just, and all of that. I mean, but that's the butterball. That, that's what hotline. they do. That's what they do. You know, and it was real. It was really interesting. I mean, we just kind of chatted back and forth. But they're open on Thanksgiving Day from six a.m. to six p.m. So. Uh, just you know, for those, just for those emergency questions. It was, but I think what he said on the about the frozen turkey. Go yeah, find out what your next door yeah, neighbors if, cooking. Because I was at someone's house one time. They didn't thaw it out long enough on a deep fried turkey. Put that thing in, and we had kibbe. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you put, I, um, I, I've heard that if you put a frozen turkey into hot, it literally explodes, yeah, and exactly. people have been hurt. Exactly. Burned very, very badly. But, right. you know, Joe, you always do research, and we appreciate you taking one for the team well, and I, getting I, on know, the Butterball Well, hotline. I've never done it before. It's kind of interesting. So they, Carol said, what are, what are, when you called them, you know, what are the, some of the questions they get? So the top three questions are, how do I thaw a turkey? How do I prevent the turkey from being dry? And what's the best kind of thermometer to use? But the funniest question to me is, what, Carol? What are giblets? What are giblets? <laughs> what, they, what are the giblets? I said, if you don't know what the giblets are, you might want to try frying a chicken or something. <laughs> so, so well, it was, we're, we're Southerners. You know, we know about parts. That's right. So you it, know. Was, it, was, it was quite interesting, quite interesting. But they do know what they're talking about, and they're a great source for those that just want to make sure, want to have a parachute in case something seems to go wrong. So, yeah, good. over over a, a hundred a hundred thousand uh, plus questions is what the Butterball Hotline will be uh, will be taking. You know, this holiday season, like that's and, just amazing. And that's that number, a lot of questions, and we hadn't even gotten one this morning. Then that number yeah. is one eight hundred two eight eight eighty three seventy two. Yeah, Butterball Hotline. And I know another question, too, and it's, I mean, you know, you can't wait too long with this one, but how much turkey do I need to buy? Like you said, Joe, you got to calculate how many people you have, adults and kids, and then am I getting a too small a turkey? Am I getting too big a turkey? I mean, I mean because turkey sandwiches can only go for so long. Right. I mean, I guess <laughs> you could do it the, the reverse. I, got, I have 12 people coming. They say one and a half pounds per person. That's 18-pound turkey, I believe. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that fit in your air fryer. Now that's the, <laughs> that's the next thing you got to make sure you have the, the correct utensils. That's right. to cook that bigger turkey. That's exactly. Won't well, be able I'm to close the oven door. Getting depressed because I mean, there's no way I'm going to get a 45 pound turkey to feed all the people at my table. Just ask some of them not to eat. <laughs> I think I'm going to get a lot of sliced slice turkey. You're listening to Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. Java Chapman here with host Carol Palmer, Joe Sherman. And let's go ahead and jump onto the phones. We have Kathleen from Osaka who wants to join in the conversation. Good morning, Kathleen. Well, happy Thanksgiving. And I'm happy for the programming that y'all been doing. And it's just wonderful. But I've got... I've got to be frugal. You know, when you're raised in New Orleans and there's five kids at the table every day, every meal, well, um, when you get your turkey cooked, cut it up, I'd say right away, because you've got to display this and that. I always make turkey and undue gumbo. I make turkey uh, like croquettes. I make turkey pot pie, of course, the turkey sandwiches, and a little turkey and, you know, 
soup, but white soup, like a chicken soup, except we use turkey. And I do that with usually within the first two days after the turkey's cooked. I never uh, freeze my turkey afterwards with the bones in. I always take it off the bone, just in case they hit the problem there. But I use stuffing, <laughs> and it's um, it's kind of funny, but uh, I use the stuffing, and I use the cornbread and sausage, and hopefully it'll do. But most people like when I fix the bacon and herbs. Sounds so great to me. <laughs> Yeah, and that's all. And and Kathleen, I will say, you go ahead and breaking the turkey down or busting the turkey down um, immediately. That is super smart because the one thing that you're gonna have for sure at your Thanksgiving table is leftovers, <laughs> and you have to be able to do something with those leftovers. Yeah, Joe, tell us, Mr. Butterball Turkey Hotline, <laughs> tell us how long we can keep our leftovers. Well. The USDA recommends that you use a cooked turkey within three to four days in the refrigerator that's 40 degrees or less. So three to four days after it's cooked is still good. And you can freeze turkey from up to three to four months. Now, it will lose some of the dryness, I mean some of the moisture, but it was it's safe to eat. You put a lot of Makes mayonnaise. Makes a good, good turkey that's sandwich. Right. <laughs> yeah, turkey sandwiches. And I, uh, last year... Uh, we it was on cooking cooking and coping, Carol and Joe. Somebody was making something breakfast, uh, like a it was like a casserole with the leftovers. Huh. I can't remember. I'm gonna have to uh, see if we can yeah, pull that up. Yeah, have to go back and look at that. Yeah, I remember that. It was it was funny because they basically used everything from the cranberry sauce to the sweet potatoes to the turkey, a little bit of uh, uh, dressing, and made a nice little casserole. I'm gonna have to pull that up. Yeah, you do. Right? <laughs> you know, I uh, spent a lot of time in past Christian on the Gulf Coast growing up, and one of my favorite parties of the year was at the home of the Cooper family. And every Thanksgiving night, I think it was Thanksgiving night or the night after, they had a party. It was called a turkey picking. (laughs) And they had, uh, you know, the big turkey out on the table and, you know, any kind of leftovers from the turkey. But I just loved the idea of that is, you know, come have a drink and a party, and let's get this turkey gone. That's that. That, that's a part of it. Uh, thank you for that, Kathleen. And you actually opened up our phone lines. We appreciate that because now let's go to Amy in uh, in Jackson wants to join the conversation. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. How are you? Oh, we're doing fine. Good. I'm calling because I have the opposite problem from one of y'all. I haven't had 45 people for Thanksgiving dinner, and I don't know how long. I usually only have five or six. And even a small turkey just tends to hang around much longer than you want it to. In fact, I end up being, usually feeding most of what's left over to the dogs after about a week. So about, about 10 years ago, I discovered guinea fowl. And these aren't Cornish hens. These are the birds that you see in, you know, like out in the country. They'll be wandering around the driveway, and as soon as you drive up, they'll go running away, like warbling and make it a noise. <laughs> I mean, they call them country yard dogs. Well, anyway, you can buy them, though, um, prepared and ready to roast, and they're a perfect size. Um, two guinea fowl will easily fit in a rack, and they'll feed six people. And the meat is juicy. Um, it's The dark meat is... Lovely. It's it's, um, it's it's flavorful without being oily, and the breast meat is just just sublime. 
and no leftovers hardly. <laughs> so I thought that that might be useful for somebody. That's very nice. That is a, that is a great idea. But I loved that you called a guinea fowl a country yard dog. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm actually from New Orleans. I'm just up here in Jackson visiting. I've got a lot of friends across the lake in Folsom, and they keep guinea fowl. I used to get mine from them, so they'd be fresh out of the driveway. <laughs> fresh out of the driveway. <laughs> Love that. i got to use that. Well, you, you have added a lot to our conversation <laughs> Thank this you. morning. Fresh out. Yeah, no, thank you, Amy, for that guinea fowl. That That is, I've never heard that one. And we have some uh, turkey alternatives we'll get to in uh, just a little bit. So we got to add guinea fowl to the list. But let's go to um, Charlotte in Cleveland, who wants to talk with us this morning. Good morning, Charlotte. Yes, I was just calling in about that casserole, as you mentioned it. And I tried it a couple of years ago. It is really good. Literally just take the dressing, some turkey, the cranberry sauce, um, and the gravy and mix it and and heat it and it is really good. Yeah, that's what I, I, I saw that um online on our Facebook uh page, Cooking and Coping, and I thought that was really inventive because it just took everything like you said, um, Charlotte, and made it into a nice, nice little casserole. It's like a thanks like a Thanksgiving loaf. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I must ask, is is this uh Charlotte the cook from Cleveland? That had a la carte? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh, I, I've catered and I, I've sold cakes for over 20 years, but no, I'm not that Charlotte. <laughs> well, y- y- y'all are blessed with many Charlotte cooks in <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> Thank you. Y'all have a good day. Okay. All right. Thanks for calling, Charlotte. Yeah, that is, you, you, you have to make a plan for those leftovers. But um, let's go back to these turkey alternatives. Um, Joe, I know you came in with some things because a lot of people are going away from from the traditional Thanksgiving bird for whatever reason. But um, what can you put on your table instead of uh, the Thanksgiving well, turkey? Well, I guess the obvious one would be ham. Okay. Yeah, ham. The is, next one was it was lamb, and I told somebody if I put lamb on the we put lamb on the table at Thanksgiving, my grandchildren want to go out and hide, eat, look for Easter eggs. We have every <laughs> Easter, so. But you know, ham, lamb, salmon. Salmon was one. Okay. Rib roast, Cornish hen, a pork shoulder, and you can't forget tur- the turducken. The, the tur- turkey, ducking. the stuff with the duck, the stuff with the chicken. Yeah, and that's a Louisiana thing. Okay. I can't imagine, you know, I know that in cooking class many years ago at the Everyday Gourmet, we had a Cajun chef that c- came and did one, but you have to bone out. I mean, really? He, bone out your turkey, bone out your Now, I have no idea how long duck. you can keep those leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have a different time stamp for each each fowl, so to speak. <laughs> that is true. And then now we can add to the list um, uh, guinea, guinea, guinea fowl. Guinea, guinea fowl. fowl. Exactly. And I, I looked up a picture. It's like a like a baby turkey a little bit. It has that uh, kind of fat back, nice breast right there at the front. And Okay, guinea fowl. Yeah, I don't That's know if you one. can buy them commercially. I, I'm wondering about that. I, hmm. I, I bet there's some well, some way to somebody. do that. Amy has the hookup. Okay. <laughs> I want to go back to lamb and and Joe. Although your family would go looking for Easter eggs, <laughs> they would. I was really intrigued with a post from Paula Shamoon Jackson, and she does a lamb for her 
Lebanese food tradition. And she lines the bottom of the pan with lamb and then puts grape leaves on top of the lamb. And then when she flips it onto the platter, the lamb chops are on top and uh, she said, "Are the first thing to go." But so I'm wondering if she was putting rolled grape. That's what she's you, doing. I, I think that's what well, she's so doing. When, when Mary Pryor bakes uh, makes grape leaves, she'll put a piece of lamb in the bottom of it, so that the that's flavors, exactly what she's so it doing. Flavors it flavors the um, flavors the grape leaves. Delicious. That just sounded so so good yeah, to yeah. me. It's, it's really good. it's great flavoring, actually. So. So, Paula Shamoon Jackson, we thank you uh, so much. And her her dad is Shafiq Shamoon. Oh, so that's that's the, Clarksdale. That, that's the Rest Haven. Rest Haven. That's, that's Rest Haven. She in makes Clarksdale. the best raw kibbe in the world. Okay, that's who I, th- I that's thought. I thought that was. Who that is. That's the Rest Haven. That's who she is. But and wouldn't you love to be on that table? Man, no doubt about it. <laughs> Rest Haven in Clarksdale. Hmm. What is is that the, the restaurant? Yeah. Yeah, the Rest Haven in Clarksdale. I've had the raw kibbe there. Yeah, it's good, too. It is good. Man. I didn't think I would like raw kibbe because I was going to ask that just raw, you know, that that's always a, 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 a dirty word a little bit, you know, but it's good. Fresh it is raw good. kibbe on fresh-made Lebanese bread. Make you slap your mama twice. Uh-oh. Twice. <laughs> no, our friend Malcolm actually did a documentary film on the Shamoon family. In okay. Clarksdale, so we'll have to have to ask him, and he has had the honor of sitting at their table. Yeah, he did. So, right. that is, Joe, it, it's something to aspire to. Hmm, okay, we'll, try. <laughs> we'll get us in. Now we've now we've talked about turkey alternatives, um, and and I am not opposed to these lamb chops instead of turkey. I I, I like a I do too. I like I mean, a nice lamb, but for those who want to make. The traditional bird and have that nice little centerpiece for the table. There are several different varieties of turkey that you can have. So um, even even the good people at Popeyes have a Cajun turkey that they will sell you. <laughs> right, I bet. And I, I bet was it's delicious. And I was actually at the store just just yesterday um, when I picked up my air fryer. Um, there were turkeys everywhere, so I don't think it's a shortage. But you may want to go ahead and and, and get yours. But and I think the price of turkey is down from last year. Also, it actually is. It is down, but my beloved cranberry sauce is up. up. That's right. It is up. And I am, I am not. A, I am opposed to that because <laughs> I love my cranberry I, sauce from out the can. I probably have a can from last year. I'll bring you. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk. Let's talk about different ways to um, try the bread. Has, it, has everybody had the fried turkey? I've had fried turkey. Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 delicious. it's, it's delicious. I, I don't want to do I, it. I, I can't. I don't have the patience to I, actually I, cook blow the, the house patience. up. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it takes a lot of oil. That's right. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, now you go to to the big box stores and you, you see these giant containers of oh, oil. Oh, and you know, oil. there must be a lot of people out there they do. frying they, some birds. They, they, there are a lot of the people that do it. But, I, you know, our good friend Bill Andrews, he used to fry about six or seven of them. Uh, for Thanksgiving, but uh, he won't be doing it this week. But yeah, you can, it's number, kind of a sport. Right, it is. It's it's a it's a it's, it's a kinda, macho It's tailgating. Thing. It's tailgating around a turkey. There you go. I like that. I like <laughs> that. It's, during, it's happening so, during the game. The number one way on Thanksgiving. They, the number one preparation for a turkey is oven roasted. Of course, with, of without course, without fail. That's the number one. Number one. 
but you know, there's 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 there, people use a browning bag, which really what it does is it creates steam, which keeps the bird moist. Our good friend Doug Boone, uh, he's going to smoke his on a big green egg. Okay, I know that. Now that's smoking that. I would. That's that's, that's good. good. <laughs> and then one of the best ways to do it that. You get it all the the cooks faster and everything gets done about the same time is spatchcock spatchcock, spatchcock chicken. Okay, okay now you know break, a yeah, break spatch, that down a little bit. Okay, now. spatchcock is when you take the breast of the 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 bone the backbone backbone of the turkey and cut it and and splay it out whether a chicken or what and. Joe, what did we talk about on Saturday? See, in other words, to probably to spatchcock up a, a turkey, you might need a chainsaw <laughs> or, a <hatchet. laughs> or a hatchet or an axe. But once you cut that bone out, you, you, you hit the inside of the breast yeah. and push them out, and then you turn it upside down and hit it, and the, the, the breastbone will snap. Okay. And then you can cook it, uh, you know, later. Now, I'm, the, I cooked last year. I'm going to do it again this year. Is I, uh, I butchered the, the – uh, uh, turkey. I cut the legs and the thighs off together. Then I went and took the breast and I cooked them in the oven with a uh, maple glaze. Uh, oh, come on now! And it was it was fantastic. <laughs> I got it out of uh, I think got bon it out appetit. of Bon Appetit. But I was actually able to look it up online. So for our listeners, this was one of the most beautiful preparations I've seen. It's called the name of the recipe is maple butter glazed glaze turkey. turkey. And it is stunning. It's, it's delicious. Very, very moist. Everything, you know, nothing gets too done. It all cooks and it finishes off at about the same time. Yeah, because yeah, that's the number one thing with the turkey. I don't know why. It, I mean, we could probably dive into the history of why the turkey is the centerpiece for Thanksgiving. But it's it tends to be on the dry side if you don't hit it just, just right. right. If you and don't that, hit and that's it why just people right. tend to brine their turkeys for that. But just remember, if you've got a self-basting turkey, don't brine it because it's already been injected with salt. Ah. And if you use uh, table salt in your brine versus kosher salt, cut the table salt by one tablespoon. Because okay. if you don't, it's it won't it, it's it's too salty. It, but use kosher salt if yeah, you, if you that's, can that's, because the the just regular table salt has has a little bit of um, a metallic right, exactly type. Of and for the uninitiated, the brine is just is it what we call it a salt bath. Well, it's the one I I have used in the past is I've used a quarter of a cup of salt and a quarter of a cup of sugar to every quart of water. Okay. And then you can add like rosemary, yeah, and aromatics, all the aromatics, aromatics you want in. to, and you should never brine it over twenty four hours. Ah, yeah. okay. One uh, funny thing that happened on our Facebook page was Julie Levenway, who is just one of the great cooks in Jackson and has been on television for 20 or 30 years. She said that she bribes her turkey. (laughs) She she misspelled brine. And so we were going, well, what do you bribe it to do? What do you bribe it with? I'm going to bribe mine. And um, we heard from one of uh, just a very famous cook, Lenny Sorensen. And Lenny is in, I believe she's in Virginia, but we all knew her from Southern Foodways. She's 80-something years, 81 years old, but she debones her whole turkey And does you know takes all of the bones for the stock, but she uh, she has promised to share her her process, and well, a lot of people she, are interested. She shared one photo, but it wouldn't let her share but one. So she she posted where to go to see it. So and I can't remember what she said. 
But it's on it's on Facebook underneath her post. So many many ways to do right. it. So we'll try to we'll try to put a link up so people can people can get that because that that even piqued my interest. Um, but before we get out of here, let's go back to the phones. We have uh, Joey from Tremont. Thank you for holding Joey and um, uh, from Fremont, not Tremont, Fremont. <laughs> Joey, uh, good morning. How you doing? All right. Happy uh, season, y'all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What do you have for us this morning? Well, uh, I think the penultimate bird for Thanksgiving is a quail. Oh, you said a quail. Okay. Yeah, it's all black quail. They are tall enough. He can uh, cook several at a time and any way you want to cook them. They like a chicken. You know, that's a great idea. There is just nothing better. I haven't thought about it for Thanksgiving, but everybody could have their own bird. That's right. That's everybody. it. We got to add that one to the alternative list for just turkey. Did. Quail. And I might just fry mine, Joe. That would be delicious. <laughs> I'm going to spatchcock and fry it. So <laughs> you spatchcock, you never have much left. I would say, now you're showing out, Carol. Yeah, she is. <laughs> of course she is. Of course she cock and fry it. Now, we um running a little bit close on time, Deep South Dining. Um, this morning, but before we get out of here, Joe, yes, you brought to the attention of people who did not know that this needed attention. <laughs> the I, Christmas, the Christmas in November, little the, Debbie the, cake, the <laughs> little Debbie Christmas tree cakes. It's there's a cult out there. Believe me, <laughs> these these cakes are delicious. Number one, I'd never heard. Well, number one, I'd never heard of them. Number two, they're delicious, and. I had we posted them, and little Debbie comes out came out with this cake in 1985. In 2019, they came out with it during July, and the packaging said Christmas in July. In 2021, they created an ice cream with this cake, exclusively to Walmart, and people are just they're hoarding. They're hoarding it, and I'm one of them because I found out that people go buy cases, and I, I think I've I think I've purchased about 50 boxes. So if there's a shortage. Blame yeah, it on me. but people are texting each other and saying, "Where'd you get Little, Where'd little you get Debbie's it? at Walmart today, or Little Debbie's at the first at time Kroger. I ever heard about it and didn't know it was a thing was on a sports talk radio show when the producer said, "Well, today is the day that Little Debbie's hit the the uh, grocery stores on November October sixteenth." So October sixteenth, okay. yeah. But people from small towns who don't have access are calling Joe and saying, "Can you go check?" Target for little Debbie. I mailed some to my niece. <laughs> I mailed some to my niece. But the funny thing about it is, little Debbie has a website that's got everything little Debbie's. And the funniest thing to me is, you can buy a inflatable uh, that looks just like the Christmas tree cake. It looks just like the Christmas tree cake. It's only ninety nine ninety nine, but it's worth it. I'm sure. I guess you would put that little Debbie inflatable in your front yard. Is that the I, idea? I, I don't know. I don't know. We you don't know, have one, no idea. one of our star cooking and coping posters, Barbara Tuccio, <laughs> who I, I just love her stuff. She made tell us, Joe. She what? made a trifle, and she put every little Debbie Christmas cookie known to man in there the gingerbread the chocolate one and this cake and then uh, janet uh smith wagner she did a, a, a cheesecake and so with she little did, debbie's with little debbie's there's a cheesecake out there there's a cheesecake recipe there's a trifle recipe and there's an inflatable so you know you get to see it all <laughs> i just got a uh, emergency text from malcolm and he said, remind lis- listeners what cooking and coping is. And cooking and coping is a Facebook group. 
you can join it. It's our group that started out of Deep South Dining. We have nearly 7,000 members there, and it, it is a true community of food. It's not fancy. I mean, it can it can be fancy, but it's people that put a lot of love in their cooking, and boy, do you get a lot of ideas from it. And just to remind people, Carol, it started when the pandemic hit. That's way right. back, way back when, and it really has, like you said, grown into a true community. And we simply wanted a way to to keep our listeners to all keep talking while COVID was going on, and it just it really hit a nerve. And it's just been a joy for all of us and for lots of people. And we have lots of friends. Like right. I'm great friends with Barbara Tucci. I've never met her, but She's, I know I feel like I know her. <laughs> she makes she makes gourmet dog treats. <laughs> now that is a good way to end the show. <laughs> Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. As always, want to say thank you to our special guest co-host, Joe Sherman and the fabulous Carol Palmer. I'm Java Chapman filling in for Malcolm White, who apparently has been listening all show. And stay tuned for now you're talking with Marshall Ramsey and Southern Remedy at 11. And make sure you join us for more Deep South Dining next Monday and Sundays at 9 a.m. Heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.